Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. So we've been going through together the Advent season and with the thought of people must know and people must know the true meaning of joy and hope and peace that comes into the world through Jesus. And next week we'll talk about the love that comes through him, obviously. And last week, I don't know if you were here last week, but if you weren't here last week, you missed it. You missed this young, passionate man from the inner city. He came and preached. And at the beginning, he asked this question, do you all talk back here? Do you know what he was talking about? It wasn't like, no, I don't talk back. My mom told me not to. Yeah. No, he's talking about, do you say amen and do you respond? Do you participate in the service? I don't know if some of you are used to going to church where you don't participate. This is not that church, all right? It definitely wasn't last week. You guys raised the bar last week. Just saying. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm counting on you today, okay? So talk back means you can say amen. You say yes, you know, preach it, whatever, you know. If I have, have a question, you can answer the question. It's, it's all that, it's all good, right? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the peace that people must know about that comes through knowing Jesus. Lord, would you be present with us here today? Would we experience you in all of the symbols of Christmas? Would we experience you this morning right here in this place? You've called us here today for a purpose. You have a word to speak to each one of us. Would you speak to us and give us peace today? We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll try something new today. I have this, this tablet, and I can actually make the words bigger so it's easier for me to see them on the page. So as, as something happens, as I've gotten older, my glasses have changed. I don't know what the deal is. Well, we're talking about peace. People must know peace. And if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 10 just to have it open, because that's where we'll finish up our time together, Matthew chapter 10. If you search... At BibleGateway.com, if you go to the, the King James Version and you search the word peace, it comes up with around 420 different references to peace in the, the whole Bible. And so obviously we don't have time to go through all of them today. We will just touch on a few of them. But peace in the Old Testament is interesting. It is the word shalom, which is a, uh, it's deeper than just an ab, a absence of conflict, Right? We know that there's an absence of conflict, there's peace in a time of war. Uh, it's more like a sense of wholeness. Okay, so when you think about peace, you think about being complete, being whole. All, all fragmented pieces coming together because of the peace of God. And, and we're, we know, we walk in this morning and we, we have fragmented pieces of our life. Some of them are past, some of us are present. <laughs> And we know that, that with God, we can have those things brought together and become whole. And ultimately, the, the true and the most meaningful wholeness is coming to faith in Christ and being whole in Him. 
And so that's kind of like in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, the primary Greek word for peace comes from the word irene, which actually refers to rest. And it's typical what you think of when you think of peace, tranquility. Just a time of peace in, uh, in life. Or maybe it's you have moments in the day where you just feel like a sense of peace that comes over you. Maybe it's first thing in the morning. I just remember being a parent of young children, it was the only time during the day. It was in the morning and at night when they were in asleep, you know. Like finally, oh, peace. What usually comes after peace? Peace and what? Rest, quiet. Peace. Those two things kind of go together. So in the uh, New Testament, we have the advent of Jesus, the coming of Christ into the world, and the angels announced it in Luke chapter 2, right? They talked about suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying this, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to people that he favors. Isaiah said it in Isaiah chapter 9, it says Isaiah had predicted that the Messiah would be the prince of peace. It says, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Think about this, Prince of Wholeness. Prince of bringing all things together and making them one. Isaiah 26, 3-4 says, You will keep the mind that is dependent on you, in perfect peace. So the mind that is dependent upon God will be in perfect wholeness, perfect peace. For it is trusting in you. Trust in the Lord forever because the Lord, because in the Lord, the Lord himself is an everlasting rock. Isaiah 53 says that the punishment that brought us peace was upon Jesus. I love how this reads in the message version of the Bible. Listen to this. It says, it was our sins that did that to him. Our sins ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins caused this. He took the punishment that made us whole. There's the word translated peace. He took the punishment that made us whole. Through his bruises we get healed. We're all like sheep who have wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. And God has piled all of our sins, everything we've done wrong, on him. On him. He was beaten, he was tortured, but he didn't say a word like a lamb taken to be slaughtered, like a sheep being sheared. He took it all in silence. Can you imagine that? In the midst of great turmoil, even Christ was able to find peace in his Father. I love where it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, It's through Christ's work of justification that we can have peace with God. It's through what Christ has done for us to justify us. Justified just if you had never sinned before. That's what Christ is able to do for us through his death and his resurrection and through our faith. In him. It is a beautiful picture of peace with God. Before Christ, before we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we're enemies of God. It's the opposite of peace. It is fragmented, it's a mess, it's, it's, it's horrible. And then Jesus comes into our world and he brings wholeness and completeness. And we have peace with God. In John, uh, Jesus tells his followers, he said, 
peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your, heart, let not your hearts be troubled. Never let them be afraid. Jesus brings peace that, that, that we cannot find here on earth. That's an amen. And we know that to be true, right? But why is it that we search for it in other places and other things? And I, and I say we. I say me, me too. Me too. We think maybe, just maybe, it could be something we could put under the tree. It's something that we could give to somebody else. Like if I just give them this, that's going to be the perfect gift and they'll receive it and it'll be, it'll be wonderful. It'll bring peace into their world. My favorite passage when it comes to peace is in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, where it says to do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, it says present your request to God. And then it says the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the peace of God that transcends all anything that we can possibly understand will guard our emotions. Oh, isn't that important to have our emotions guarded? Because sometimes we make decisions with our emotions and based on our emotions that, that I know have gotten me into all kinds of trouble. And then it guards our minds, the way we think. It guards the way we think about the world around us, the way we think about the people in our lives, the way we think about this time of year. It guards it in Christ Jesus. Do you know that peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are all of the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings you when you put your faith in Jesus. He brings all of these things into your life. Now, they increase, hopefully, they increase over time. Over our, when we mature in our faith, these things become more and more whole and complete in us. I mean, does anybody in here need more love? Do you need to be more loving, anyone, or do you got it all figured out? No, you'll have it all figured out. I know I have it all figured out while I'm in bed, laying there all quiet until the day starts. And my wife wakes up and she asks me to do something and I'm sitting there by the fire like, I don't really want to do it. Like the other day she asked me to do something. It's like, no, I don't really want to do it, but I'll do it. <laughs> Ever felt that way? <laughs> just being real. And those are just a few of the 420 different references to peace. But here's the thing. Those things that we just talked about, they're more likely to kind of make the cut when it comes to like uh, things that would be stitched on a pillow versus that would be stitched on a pillow or painted on a canvas, maybe used by Hallmark in a Christmas card or posted on your social media. Hey, do you remember this? Do you remember when bumper stickers were the primary form of social media? I mean, think about it. Come on. Bumper sticker, that was it. That's all we had. We didn't have anything else. And then you would like pull up next to someone or you see them after they get out of the car. Dude, I like your bumper sticker. Did you get that? Did you get that reference? If you know anything about social media, some of you are like, I have no idea what he's talking about right now. But that was the way we communicated a message by a bumper sticker. But this, some of these verses about peace, you might find those on there. When it comes to cozy little Christmas stories about peace, you won't hear this passage that I'm going to share with you this morning. You won't hear that read around the fire, around the tree, on Christmas morning or on Christmas Eve or whatever. Can you imagine? Look at Matthew chapter 10. Just kind of get this, this picture. It's about 
it's about peace, but it's a little different spin on peace that I'm going to share with you this morning. So Matthew chapter 10. So get the picture. Think about it. Like, all right, kids. All right, come on. Come on, let's gather around. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna share a Christmas story. So this is the Advent. It's time, time for peace. And all right, kids, all right, sit down. Are everybody ready? Billy, get your hand, put your hand, keep your hands to yourself. All right, I'm telling you right now, just knock it off. All right, kids, here we go. Are we ready? Here's this beautiful little Christmas story about peace. Therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before others, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. And listen to this. Listen, kids. Don't assume that Jesus came to bring peace on on the earth. What? Wait a minute. Didn't the angel say that he was going to bring peace? Like that? He's the Prince of Peace. Like I don't. And then it goes on to say, "I did not come to bring peace, but a sword." What? Jesus has a sword. That's not the Jesus that I'm thinking of for the Christmas story, right? I'm thinking more of the Jesus holding a sweet little lamb with long flowing hair. And he's so peaceful and he's so kind and loving. But he's got a sword. What's he going to do with the sword? Well, listen to what it says. It says, For I came to turn man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Wait a minute, you're like, now this sounds more like Christmas. This sounds more like my family. (laughs) I've been to this Christmas story before. (laughs) I'm actually living a part of it right now. And a man's enemies will be the members of his household. What? This is the Jesus that that we've been celebrating? The baby Jesus in a manger with a sword? You don't ever see a sword in the picture, in the Christmas play. But he explains it. Listen to what he says. The one who loves a father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. The one who loves a son or a daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone who finds his life will lose it. And anyone who loses his life because of me will find it. What do we do with that? What do we do with this message? Does this, does this strike you as odd at all? Like Jesus is saying, well, wait a minute. Is Jesus telling me that I'm supposed to hate these people? No, no, don't, don't hear that. That's not what he's saying. But he is telling you, if you want to experience perfect peace, This Christmas, people must know this truth. Nothing has a right to be before God. Not even your spouse. Now I'm going to get blasphemous here. Some of you are going to probably walk out of the church right now. Not even your children. Can I just be honest with you? Children make terrible gods. They do. They're selfish, they're rude, they're needy. I'm just talking about my own kids. I'm not even talking about your kids. I'm just talking about my own. It's true, isn't it? 
Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't love them and nurture them and care for them and teach them truth. Yes, absolutely. But they're demanding. They're not good gods. All right, let's just set them aside. Is there anything else possibly that we could find that is a good God other than God? No. You won't find it. And Jesus is talking to his disciples, he's talking to his closest friends. He's saying, listen, if I have come, I have come with a sword to cut away anything that's getting in the way of me. Now, Let us not say, Jesus, who are you to even demand this? Oh, we know who he is. We, we know the story. This is before the cross when he's saying these words. We know the truth of who he is. We can look back on the Christmas story and see what it is he has done for us. We can see the, the, the joy and the hope and the peace and the love that he brings into our world. And he has a right to ask us of this, to say this to us this morning. He is okay to say, the man who loves a father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. The one who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He can say that and get away with it. And then he says that we are to take up a cross and follow me. And listen, if we're going to take up a cross, we need to let go of some other things so our hands are free to pick up the cross and follow him. Can I get an Amen. All right, I know this is challenging, and you're like, man, I don't know what to do with this. How are we supposed to make this practical in our world? You work that out between you and him, all right? And you can ask him that question. God, what is it that I'm holding on to tighter than I'm holding on to you this Christmas season? Because, listen, here's the truth. I was thinking about this, these thoughts as I was going through this. For one, you obviously know that people must know that you should love nothing more than you love Jesus. I mean, seriously, if we're going to be a follower of Jesus, if that's you, say, I desire to be a follower of Jesus, I can love him more than anything else. Okay? The next thing that people must know that, that we can see in this particular passage of Scripture, try to think about this, write this down if you want to. Proper priorities produce perfect peace. And Jesus is basically saying, what is your priority? What is it that you have placed in front of me in your life? Because here's the thing, if you keep pursuing those things, you will not find peace. You will find pieces. Fragmented life. And you'll be searching and trying to put it all together and all these different things that we think are going to, we're, we're grasping sometimes for things that are going to bring us wholeness and peace in our world apart from Christ and you will not find it. I know that's true for my own life because I have grabbed and searched for all kinds of different things to bring perfect peace into my life and it's just brought chaos. So proper priorities produce perfect wholeness, perfect peace in our life. And Jesus has said, what is your priority? Who is your priority? And only you can answer that question in your life right now. No matter how old you are, how young you are, only you can answer that question. Is Christ the number one priority in my life? 
I'm going to challenge you a little bit. Here's how you'll know. Look at your calendar and look at your bank statement. I'm not talking about giving money to the Calling Community Church. I'm talking about what it is that you invest in. Your time and, your, and, your, and your, the money that God blesses you with. Because that's the true test. And when we make him a priority, it changes everything. And we find peace. Even in the midst of difficult times, we can find tranquility and rest and wholeness. And the last thing is, is as, we, as we look at this passage of Scripture, Pastor uh, Brady Rogers and I were talking about this yesterday. People must know that we need to get better at practicing the spiritual discipline of repentance. Because repentance is when we realize, whoa, wait a minute, my hands are full of all these other things. I didn't even know they were full of all these other things until I realized that I can't pick up the cross until I let them go. And it might be that he's asking us to do that today. He's saying, get rid of, like Jesus said, I got a sword, I will cut them out of your hands if I need to. <laughs> he is that serious about us following him about us worshiping him, about us acknowledging that he is the reason we celebrate this time of year. I'm not pointing fingers, ladies and gentlemen. I'm only pointing to the truth. And it applies to me too. I love gifts. I love, I love this time of year. I love giving. I love receiving. I'm a great gift receiver, by the way. I'm just, I'm just one of the best. But when I receive something, my goal is, is that I want it to point me to the one who's the giver of those things. And it's not the person who gave it to me. It's the blessing that comes from the God who put it on their heart to give it to me. Does that make sense? Like, allow Christ the authority and the right to demand these things of you this year. Because if you want to find perfect peace, make him your first priority. We ready to do the last song? Now here's here's some truth as they're getting ready to come up, and I'm just thinking about this earlier. You might live in a family where you're the only follower of Jesus in your home. And this scripture is more true for you <laughs> than anyone else. And he's, he's calling you to take a stand and not be, don't be obnoxious. Don't be the obnoxious relative with the Bible out all the time beating your, your, your family members up. But you live the truth and you love well and you be generous and you, you, just, you give them no excuses in your life to deny what God is doing in your life. It's just reality. I know there's some people that live in homes. I, I was blessed to live in a home where my parents drug me to church. And yeah, there was times when I was younger I didn't really like going. But man, I am so glad they made me go. Because this truth that is embedded deep down in my heart is the only thing that I can cling to when things get hard. 
Jesus says, if you want to find your life, you've got to lose it for him, for his sake. And if you lose your life because of him, that's when you'll find true peace. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for the wholeness that comes when we put you as the first and foremost priority in our life. What is it, Jesus, that you want to cut away, cut out of our life right now in order for us to truly focus on you? Whatever that is, God, I pray that you would speak to your people today. Have a conversation with them. And I pray that they realize that when they let go, it's when you fill up their arms and their hands and their hearts with things that are so much better than the things they're letting go of. We just ask for that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or need to talk to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.